Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the annual pass vid doc. There's a well-timed video put out about the annual pass and the Black Armory content that's coming. Given that I just talked about how there was a complete sort of lack of marketing about those things, gave my theory about why that happened, was pretty, I was kind of in line with what was going on. I mean, it did seem like they kind of waited and then really tried to throw the sink at us to really motivate people to purchase, which is what I said people were going to do. I'm still interested to see if they're going to do any pre-order incentives or bonuses this week to really try to drive people to buy the annual pass because the the commercial, the vid doc, was incredibly stout, uh, and it makes me very, very hopeful for the future. Things are looking very, very good. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not they can really drive loot incentives. So we're going to do question and answer now. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live to twitch.tv slash say no to rage, or you can follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. Let's grab the first question here from, uh, Ox algorithm. Oh, Ox algorithm says, is the annual pass worth it right now? Or do you think? It will go on sale in the future. I honestly don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, if you wait to buy it until like, what, what, when like Joker's Wild comes out, it'll probably be discounted, right? If you wait until like January, they'll probably be doing some kind of a discount on it. uh, Just because, you know, that's typically how they do it. Like, that's just normal and natural value degradation where it'll be like, well, you kind of missed out on the season, uh, the season of. Um, the forge you kind of missed out. I mean, you can do, you can still run it all, but they'll lower it, right? Here's the thing: the pricing is very, very nice. If you look at everything you're getting, you know, a raid, new content, new exotics, new stuff. Like, if you look at all that for what is you know ten dollars each time, I think it's very, very reasonable. I, I can't imagine anybody watching that video. If you're a fan of Destiny and you like now, so, so listen, listen here. I'm qualifying this right. If you're a fan of Destiny and you like playing Destiny, which means you're considering buying an annual pass for the game, meaning you play enough that an annual pass might serve your and meet your desires, right? Then I can't imagine you not wanting to spend ten dollars per content deliverable after watching that trailer. And actually, there's confusion about it being a raid layer and not a raid. According to Games Radar, according to a Games Radar article, and the verbiage used by Bungie themselves in the video, it's a raid, not a raid layer. They have changed the verbiage about it. I don't know why that happened. I don't know why there's a sudden change of, of verbiage, but that's what they did. They're, they're calling it a raid now. Apparently, it's going to be slightly shorter than Last Wish. I, I, I find that to be cool uh, and and surprising I hope it means that we get a whole new loot pool and all new weapons because I just was not I've not been impressed with uh, with the last wish stuff I just thought they could have done a whole lot more with the curated roles and perks and stuff I hope we get much better stuff um, and it's not going to be hard to be shorter than last wish last wish is pretty lengthy you know I think it'll be as long as Crota Crota's basically a raid layer though if you think about it I don't know anyways I, I think it's worth it if you're a fan of Destiny. I'd be surprised if a fan of Destiny that likes playing on a ah, that likes playing on a regular basis. I can't imagine them looking at this content and saying, "Nope, not worth it. Thirty dollars is too steep." Um, I just I don't I don't see I don't see that being something that people are going to be saying if you're playing regularly enough to even be considering uh, the purchase. 
So, uh, next question from Morcat. What if in Gambit you had to kill four envoys to drop an invincibility shield from around the boss and invading while both prime evils are out heals you to increase risk reward and to stop invading spam? Invading he- Oh! Invading heals your prime evil. I get it, I get it, I get it. So when you invade, it's gonna do a little bit of healing on your prime evil. I mean, uh... They said it's longer than a raid layer, but shorter than Last Wish. Last Wish is pretty long, that's my point. Like, I'm just gonna call it a raid. If they're calling it a raid, I'm calling it a raid. So... Uh... My only thought on this about what you're saying is respawning doesn't take that much time so if invading and getting a couple of kills if the only thing I accomplish is healing my own boss and setting you back a few seconds that doesn't seem that just doesn't seem worth it like unless of course you invade and literally interrupt their melt it heals your boss a little bit and then you go back and melt like even then I, I don't I don't feel like that's a proportionate risk reward I don't feel like it's a proportionate risk reward. Nova hands. Hey, Lono. Small arms and specialists were great strike uh, modifiers that helped players try different weapons and combos and keep things fresh. Why do you think Bungie refuses to bring those back? I honestly don't know. Um, I really don't understand. Again, you know, I'm going to get on one of my hobby horses now. I don't understand why they don't give us three elemental guns. Uh, three elemental guns and the ability to, you know basically run the you know so then you could bring back things like prism rainbow burn even things like you're talking about like small arms and stuff uh, there, there could be a lot of things they could do if they would embrace this idea of giving us like true true power back again I just don't think there's a reason to keep that from us so to your point I don't know why those perks are gone those strikes are gone I don't know I think in general, strikes have been kind of put into a weird place. They don't seem worth running. You run them for... You run them for what? Uh, Your milestones, and then that's pretty much the end of it. And then you're basically done. There's no real reason to run them after that. So... I, I don't know what the answer to that would be. Like, what would be the loot incentive to run it? Maybe... I don't know. Why, why should we be running strikes, right? I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe they should bring back a skeleton key system so you spend time grinding strikes and you get, a, you get a skeleton key at the end of every strike and then you save them up and then you use those when you're grinding a nightfall for a curated roll. I truly, truly don't know what they should do. Um, so, I generated seven orbs of light there. That's pretty good. Because I think strikes were the meat and potatoes content of D1 because there was a lot of reason to run them, right? You'd get your skeleton key. Then when you got your skeleton key, you could go to the chest of, you know, on the strike that you wanted and you could open up. So, you know, you'd kind of save up and then you'd go grind that one. Like when I was going for my Imago loop, things like that. I just wonder, you know, what they could do now, given the way they've kind of set everything up to make strikes feel worth it. You know, I, I don't have the, I don't honestly have the answer. Um, so, but I would love to see some of those perks come back, but I think they haven't come back and they're not worried about it because strikes are, again, they're kind of in a weird place, almost in a backseat of importance. Uh, Angel Hunter, 
Angel Hunter says, do you think they will ever bring back Prison of Elders or something close to it? Your thoughts, sir. Thank you. Prison of Elders, I wouldn't be surprised if that shows up in... Um, wouldn't be surprised if that shows up in content further out. Maybe annual pass content, you know, the next the next annual pass. So the annual pass that goes from 2019 into 2020. Uh, maybe, you know, we could see that happen. I honestly don't know if they want to bring back Prison of Elders. They seem a little bit more, and I applaud them in this. Uh, they seem more dead set on doing new grindable encounters like these forges. They're going to have matchmaking, blind well, uh, uh, escalation protocol, infinite forest, how they used it for the haunted forest. I would much rather them do that than go back to the prison. Now, going back to the prison could be cool for grindable content as long as it was vastly different than what we did before. We wouldn't want it to just be kind of reskinned. I actually think the annual pass 2019 to 2020 is really going to embrace bringing back the old planets, the old raids, the old content because it'll be way more substantive than anything we got in the previous annual pass and it'll also be it'll also be not only more substantive, it'll be a really really good send-off for Destiny 2. Uh, so I would think I would think that would be the pivot for the next annual pass. And if they do that, that's when you could bring Prison of Elders back. It'll be far enough out from Destiny 1 that I don't think people would really criticize that as a pivot or a move. You've got enough annual pass deliverables to put basically every single raid back in from D1. And then you could even do another one in the summer that would bring back, you know, Crota and Prison of Elders kind of together since House of Wolves and Crota were, you know, the more disappointing of the of the old deliverables. Juicebox, Lono, sorry for beating a dead horrors, but I loathed Osiris like I hated it so much I stopped playing Destiny 2 for four months because of it. My concern is the addition of another forge. Uh, I don't, uh, I know you don't like to speculate on things, but are you concerned about the two forges will be similar? No, no, and I'll tell you why. Because unless they're going to be giving us curated roles that are really exciting and have, like, you know, really cool perks or whatever, unless they're doing that, which that has its own level of excitement, but it could lead to the futility of kind of what you're hinting at is, like, once you're done, you're done. But with random roles and curated roles, I would hope that's how they would treat the Forge. Like, curated roles on, on you know, stuff like the the auto rifle from gambit that's a pinnacle reward and the grenade launcher from the crucible uh and some of these other um and then the fusion rifle that we're kind of farming for right now you know we have 13 out of 40 of completions that's why this mind banders farm is so nice uh this week you can kind of cheese the completions uh, the chest appearing counts basically but those three guns are in a different category in my mind doing the forges and kind of going for that gear, I would be very shocked if Bungie didn't really lean into the quality point, which is, this is a huge quality point of random roles and curated roles, because then you could kind of keep going until you get the role that you want, maybe the curated role is actually really good, since they screwed the Warden's Law curated role what you really wanted was one in the in the safe like I had, I had one in the vault with triple tap, Feeding Frenzy's fantastic, you don't need Zen Moment on a 110 hand cannon they they totally screwed the pooch there like I don't know why they did that to the curated role of uh I shot way too early there, I don't know why they did that to the curated role of the of the warden's law it's really disappointing that they did that but at the same time um 
they need to lean into that for these forges. I would hope they would, because if not, it's gonna be it's gonna be exactly it's gonna be exactly like what you're hinting at. It's gonna be like a once I get the weapons, I'm done, and then the content loses its it loses its solvency like right away. And I would hope that they would see. Random rolls is just like an automatic extender of content. It's automatic. And it's an extender of content that doesn't feel artificial, time-gated, or cheesy. You know what I'm saying? It's up to the player to extend the content length. You know? Well, I got one, but I don't like it. Well, I'll try again. Well, I don't have time. Well, I don't really care. Or I do care. You know what I mean? The spectrum of player desire can then land on the spectrum of player commitment. Oh, I really, really want to get such and such a role, and then they're going to go after it. And that leaves it up to the player then. It's not this like, oh, it's time-gated. you got to wait another week. you got to wait another week. you got to wait another week. That's like a fake way to extend engagement. Random roles is a is a natural and organic and authentic way to extend engagement of content like that. That's why I said for the Haunted Forest, I don't know why they didn't have like a decent role from Amanda Holiday, but then if you wanted to, you could have just grinded the frick out of the Haunted Forest hoping to get like this elusive, you know, really cool curated role with a unique perk. Because then that keeps you in the content, then it's exciting because you get that rare unicorn reward of like, oh man, this is the really rare one. I don't know. I, I really think every time they look at loopable content like that, that should always be on their mind is how can we leverage random roles in this content? DX Vader, what do you think in your opinion is going to be the new raid boss in December? I just, just no way to know. I just don't speculate on this stuff. I just don't think there's a reason to. Um, a lot of people have said maybe Fallen, you know, because we're going back into the city. I, you know, if it feels like Wrath of the Machine, maybe. Maybe that's the idea behind it, is to take us back to that that style of content. You know, the Fallen. Since we haven't really ever gotten a Fallen raid, like, Wrath of the Machine was SIVA. It was Fallen, but, you know, it was SIVA. So I don't know. Milky. Lono, I've harped on this a lot this morning, but what are your thoughts on why Bungie would make the PvP pinnacle weapon quest account-wide, but keep Gambit and Vanguard pinnacle quest as character-specific? I'm going to say that it's an accident, and maybe just for now they're saying, yeah, it doesn't cross over, or I don't know. Maybe their reasoning is that, you know, people play... Uh, people play people play Gambit across their characters more and people tend to settle in to a PvP character that they like to run I honestly don't know I, I truly truly don't know why they said it would be account wide and it's not since they said it would be and it's not I, I swore they said that all of these would be account wide and it's not I feel like it's just a mistake um, one they're going to have to fix I guess Subject Omega, do you feel uh, that the trench barrel being rollable perk on black armory weapons that other guns will dethrone the Icolos? Uh, It depends. It depends. Because here's the thing you got to consider. If you can mimic the roll of the Icolos on another shotgun, guess what you can do to it? You can do a 10 level masterwork to it and and you can put a mod on it. Those are things you can't do to Ikala's shotgun. So, probably, yeah, 
if you can make everything line up and basically create another Icolos, like this one that I got, the wish, the wish bringer, I think we saw, no, that's not the one we saw. We saw a different one that could roll with a uh, trench barrel. Well then, yeah, Icolos will get a dethroned. Listen, I, everybody gave me crap on my video. Everybody gave me crap on my video. And I just don't think they realized that there's a significant problem if you let a weapon stay king forever. It, it just... <coughs> it's a loot pursuit game. Uh, you know, what? for the rest of time, you never need another weapon in that slot. That, that means every weapon they come out with, every perk combination they come out with, every gun that they set before you in the raid or a pinnacle quest, whatever, is completely superfluous. It's a joke. It doesn't matter. It ruins incentivization. Like it, I know people thought I was being an idiot, and they're like, you're just crying. You did blah, 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 YouTubers, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I, that's not what I was doing. We need a diverse, we need diverse loadouts because diverse loadouts leads to diverse weapon incentivization. And the more weapon incentivization there is in the game, the more you're kind of driven to go into nightfalls, raids, or whatever, and go after a weapon. Instead of being like, oh, that gun? Yeah, there's no reason to go for that. Just use Ikelos. So people that, uh, like, if you thought the Ikelos was going to stay king forever, I just think that that was delusional. Like, when I made my video, I said, give it time. I give it time. People will come around to what I'm saying, and if they don't, doesn't matter. Bungie will nerf it anyway. They'll either nerf it, or they'll introduce something that unseats it. And the reason I thought they were going to nerf it, and I don't really think they did nerf it, to be honest. Uh, you can reset Trench Barrel indefinitely. And it's going to make you more mindful about trench barrel timing, so you're probably going to be more effective with it. Instead of wasting shots after trench barrel has run out, you'll take your three shots, punch, take your three shots, punch. You're more than likely going to be more efficient with trench barrel now than you were before. So, ironically enough, it doesn't, it's not actually going to probably register as a nerf in most instances. I was told James' work tested on Morgeth, and it was barely, it was like a 0.5 second or a 0.2 second difference. They're still wrecking bosses with it. My position changed. I listened to the community. I said the real issue is high rate of fire shotguns against bosses. They're not really the type of weapon that should be doing high damage to bosses. They're meant for shield popping and major busting and letting letting you basically have it be that universal of a weapon, I just think was a was a mistake. So people are gonna get mad at me, but once they actually test it, I think they'll see. I think they'll see that it actually isn't uh, that significant of a nerf. Um, I don't think Trench Barrel is going to be added to the perk pool, says Milo. Uh, I think they're adding a kinetic shotgun with Trench Barrel so we can have weapons in both slots. I mean, that's entirely possible too. There could be one kinetic shotgun that can get Trench Barrel to serve as like an alternate loadout. Um... I mean, Devil's Advocate here, who says they aren't meant to be god killers? Well, this is the point I'm going to make, Enviro, and I said, and I talked about this this morning. When you look at a weapon and you say, what is good about this weapon? And you can say this many things about the Ikelos, okay? These, this is how many things you can say about the Ikelos, okay? It's great for shield popping, major busting, mini boss killing, and, and boss damage. It's got like four things in its corner, right? It can do all those things. It's good for mini-boss killing, it's good for big-boss damage, and it's great for shield-popping and major-busting. 
It does all those things. It does more damage, even with this current, even with this current nerf, it does more damage than exotic heavies, right? It's out of step within its hierarchy. It's functioning, it's functioning better than what are supposed to be the strongest weapons in the game. Exotic power weapons are supposed to be the strongest weapons in the game, and it's outshining those. So not only does it have those four benefits, which makes it almost kind of like disproportionate within how most weapons function, right? Most weapons function within their context. This thing's really good at ad clearing. This thing's really good at major busting. This thing's really good at boss damage. Spectrum of weapons, spectrum of enemy, right? And when you have a gun that is that universally effective, you almost can't unseat it. And that was the point I made this morning is like, can you find a weapon that can do all those things? Can you find a fusion rifle, sniper rifle? Can you find an SMG? Can you find any weapon that you might put in the energy slot? Or even in the kinetic slot, there's some shotguns for kinetic, there's some snipers for kinetic. I, I still think that's a stupid decision because those weapons don't belong in kinetic. Fusion rifles get lost in the mix here, right? Can you find another weapon that is so good at all those things? It's good at major busting, shield popping, boss damage, uh, and mini boss killing. It's good at all those things. No, you can't. Fusion rifles can't do it. They don't shoot fast enough. They don't dole out enough damage. Even the fusion rifle that I'm grinding for right now is a pinnacle weapon. It's not designed for those things. It's designed for standing on a rally barricade or a lunafaction rift and wrecking ads. Right? Doing lots of damage to ads. So you're you're left with a gun that's just outside of the bell curve of the weapon hierarchy within a game now you're saying i think we need more weapons like it okay if we grant if we grant your premise that that it's high rate of fire shotguns are meant to be that universally effective which i don't think they should there's no weapon in the game that's that universally effective except for maybe the thunderlord with respect to it's basically good at everything thunderlord gets even extra marks because it's also really really great at ammo capacity and ammo economy um and that kind of feeds into its versatile efficiency with ad clearing and boss damage it kind of gets to do everything right and it kind of should right it's, you know it's, a, it's, a, it's an exotic it's an exotic heavy but if we grant your premise, if we grant your premise that we should have energy weapons that basically get to wear like five different hats, the only dilemma you're going to run into then is how do you make content difficult? Right? Because if, if, if we grant your premise and Bungie says, Enviro's right, give him more weapons like this, what that does is that creates all these data points of damage efficiency and damage speed. It all goes through the roof. So put on your Escalation Protocol shotgun and the Thunderlord and just look at how much more efficient you are than if you run a, like a, a submachine gun instead of the Icolos and you run like a regular old rocket launcher instead of the Thunderlord or the 1K Voices. You can immediately see you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm significantly weaker now. Holy frick, right? So when you keep raising the efficiency levels of the players to like the absurdity... It just, it just gets absurd. It's like, oh my gosh, we're so strong. We're just destroying everything. The only thing Bungie can basically do is just make everything really, really strong. And that, I think, just gets exhausting. Everything's kind of delta scaled. What you kind of want to have is tools in your toolbox for what approaches you. So then you feel like your decision, your strategy, your role on the gun, your loadout, etc. lands on the content. Right? And I use Wrath of the Machine as an example all the time. 
I go into the Vosik fight and I get out my hand cannon and it's great for the ads I got explosive rounds on it because of how great it handles the explosive shanks during shank round captain comes out no problem I have a tool for that pain point I get out my uh, Occam's razor shotgun boom 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 get rid of them oh here comes the boss time to get out my sleeper do you see there's like this rhythm there's this spectrum and my decisions load out and the rolls on my gun are landing on that rhythm right now that's not what's happening we don't have a variety of tools for a variety of jobs we have a a, a, a barrel stuffing one size fits all weapon in the Icolos, and then we've got power weapons that can basically do everything 1k voices is basically good for everything thunderlord is basically good for for everything and so somewhere along the lines and i think still some of this links back to us living in the shadow of double primary i just think we're living in the shadow of double primary i think they i think they took the combat and they changed it they changed the way that like the range that we're engaging at the way the enemies behave all of it kind of makes more sense in a double primary landscape the minute you get rid of double primary and you make us really really strong it just feels like we just melt and i and i want to be powerful right i'm not saying i don't want to be powerful but it makes jokes like of the last wish raid it makes jokes of the content because you're just like nothing's really challenging us because i still think we're living in the i still think that we're living in the shadow of double primary last wish raid i think was designed a lot of it was designed with double primary in mind and the pivot away from double primary made last wish raid too easy which is why they delta scaled the ever loving frick out of us at launch because that was the only way to make it hard last wish raid is going to be my example for why if you make us too strong for the content if you keep just dumping really powerful weapons on us one size fits all weapons weapons that can kind of do everything Bungie's pivot, Bungie's answer is just going to be like, well, just delta scale them. Right? How are you going to make the content hard? Delta scale them. You just, that's the only way you're going to make it hard. Just make everything freaking brutal as heck. So the answer would be, the answer would be, and this is something that I've kind of espoused, would be weapons that have unique perks that are worth chasing. And when you go and chase those unique perks, like we've gotten in some of the pinnacle weapons this time around, you suddenly feel like, oh, I can run a fusion rifle in this way. And then, slowly but surely, strategies start to emerge centered around those weapons. And then you have that versatility of like how I felt in Wrath of the Machine where I had three weapons and then I had an exotic and a super that I like to use in the Axis fight. Like, I had all these tools and choices and weapon rolls that I felt like landed on the content in a way that fit my uh, play style. Yeah, no heavy. Rip the dream. He can't kill himself. Rip the dream. We're gonna have to start over. Rip the Darkbringer? Yeah. So that's a really, really long rant and discussion that kind of got spawned by the Trench Barrel discussion, but I think people need to realize that over time, what what you prize has got to get shelved so that you get two things. The opportunity for new loot pursuits to emerge, new power, new loadouts, new diversity, new strategies. If you can always bring these weapons with you for till the end of time, there's just I think there's just a ceiling on what Bungie can do. There's just a, there's just a, there's just a ceiling and eventually you get back in the corner and it's like, well, just Delta scale them. Right. 
Like, I don't know why they haven't come up with raid bosses or bosses or strike bosses or nightfall modifiers that make it like, oh, you want to run a fusion rifle, put your shotgun away. Oh, you want to run uh, an auto rifle, put your hand cannon away. What? Why are we not doing that, you know? Oh, this auto rifle is the best auto rifle. All these perks are amazing, and they just did this thing where this great modifier or this specific boss takes more damage from auto rifles for some frick reason. I don't know, you know? I hear what you're saying, Eugene. We're just in a rhythm with this for the Q&A. I'm just going to keep doing this. Uh, Psychotic... Uh, I'm not sure what this is. Mnemonic? Psychotic? Oh, psychotic mnemonic, I think. Uh, Not exactly related to the Vidoc, but could you explain the exotic drop changes a bit? I actually got one yesterday, third or fourth since Forsaken dropped, and it was another Vigilance Wing. Were they supposed to increase the drop rate or just lessen? I don't think the patch is working, personally. I don't think the patch is working, personally. You're supposed to get... You're supposed to be getting drops that are two things, right? And you got a and you got a vigilance swing, which makes the patch just laughable, right? A couple of things are supposed to be happening. If an exotic drops, it's supposed to have a propensity for forsaken exotics, or at least exotics you haven't gotten yet. Then, if it happens to drop an exotic you've already gotten, it's supposed to have a propensity for armor, so then you have an actual chance of, like, maybe you can get another roll on your Orpheus rigs, or whatever. It's not working. Something's wrong. Like, with all those with all those manipulators on the RNG, you, you just shouldn't be getting exotic weapons that you've already had. There's too many things standing in the way. It's like, the, uh, like, why are you getting, out of all the drops, you get the most improbable drop very consistently. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't know if the patch is working efficiently. Something's off, something's wrong. I don't know what the reason or the cause is or what, you know, what it's related to, but I don't think the patch is working properly. One Rabbit Gopher, since Trials wasn't announced, how does that affect the PvP community with only comp? I honestly don't know. I, I'm i going to make a prediction here, and this isn't a hard prediction to make, but I think the PvP community is going to become more and more frustrated. The hardcore, let me, let, me, let me modify this a little bit. I think the hardcore PvP community is going to become more and more frustrated because, I mean, they brought back Breakthrough. People are complaining about that. Um, the grenade launcher spam's probably gonna get old. Oh, it's not gonna break the crucible. It doesn't matter. It's not about whether or not it breaks the crucible. What matters is, are you having fun in the crucible, or are you getting just infuriated by, you know, uncounterable spam? You know, oh, it's counterable. You can do this. You can do that. Again, it's all about perception. If the perception is that the crucible isn't fun because of that, then it's a bad pivot. Now. The other thing, the other thing to consider here is comp doesn't have a pinnacle weapon grind. Comp doesn't have trials. So what is there for comp? That's why I just think over an, an overwhelming majority of the hardcore audience is, is going to be in a state of frustration. Oh, they already took breakthrough out again. They already took it out again. Listen, Bungie, I'm going to say this as nicely as possible. Just burn that game mode in a fire and give up. Just stop it. Stop it. 
take it out into the woods and shoot it. It's just enough's enough, okay? Enough's enough. Just quit it. Get it out and don't ever bring it back. And we'll and we'll celebrate that. <laughs> we'll celebrate that. All right? Just stop. <laughs> it was added by mistake. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> it was added by mistake. So it wasn't even intentional. Just shoot that thing and put it out of its misery. <laughs> just put it out of its misery, okay? I, I think the comp, I think the comp hardcore uh, folks are going to be, you know, frustrated. Um, with the lack of trials and stuff. So, that's my prediction. Um, so, I don't know. And, predictable spawns where you can be spawn trapped. Uh, you know, you can be spawn trapped like Rift and Breakthrough. As soon as they announced Breakthrough and I read the description, I immediately tweeted and said, this is probably going to turn into a spawn trap fiasco like Rift. I, it just, I just don't think you can have non-flippable spawns. Like it just doesn't work. So, oh yeah, mayhem's coming back. That's true. That's true. Wiggity whack. Are there any new weapons besides the pinnacle weapons from Gunsmith Planet Vendors ETC? I'm assuming the raid will have new weapons. Uh, with no new strikes, um, I don't think there's going to be an abundance of new weapons to chase. No. Um, I don't think there will. So, they haven't really said. I mean, I can look at the map and tell you that season, season-wise, season uh, well, it says new rank rewards and new vanity rewards um, for everybody. And then... The Black Armory... I think the Black Armory Forges have new weapons. So, yeah, the Black Armory is going to have more than just the... Um, than just the pinnacle, the pinnacle weapons. I think it's going to have... Uh, it's going to have weapons that you can grind for in the Forge. There's already new weapons dropping. People are grinding them from those guys that are walking around. I don't know where they're going to be, though. I don't know where they're going to be. No new strikes? No, no new strikes. As far as we know, I don't see anything on the map to indicate new strikes. I think it's new activities. I think that the forges, there's going to be like a handful of forges that can be grind that you can do, you know, grinding and looping there with matchmaking. Um, and then that'll have its own weapon pool, I would think, an armor pool, I would hope. Morris. Would you say uh, it is still worth it to grind out items like EP Shotgun Warden's Law with the new season dropping and new weapons rolling out. Sure, yeah, because a lot of it comes down to player preference. I love my Warden's Law. It's a 110, it's got Feeding Frenzy, and it's got Rampage, and I think it's freaking awesome. You might hate 110s, so you wouldn't necessarily want to grind for that, but but somebody else might same thing with ep shotgun you might be like well i'll just wait trench barrel got a little bit nerd it's st- ep shotgun still god tier by the way like just go for it I-, I still think it's a great weapon even though they uh even though they changed it so uh gonkle 809 what are your thoughts on the next two destiny dlcs what do you think they're gonna bring uh i just i don't speculate on stuff like this i can tell you off the map what they're gonna bring tell you off the map joker's wild weapons and gear exotic quests new gambit experience zur bounties new triumph and lore books joker's wild weekly quest that's what's coming uh in the next dlc joker's wild i'm not going to speculate beyond that um so 
And apparently, uh, today's PlayStation blog has additional info on the forges. Cool. I'll have to check that out. Uh, Subject Omega. Do you think with Trench Barrel being a rollable perk on the Black Armory weapons, uh, do you think Icolaus will fall from its throne? You, I'm, uh, I think we need to start um, timing people out for this. I feel like people are intentionally asking questions, the same questions multiple times, and they're always names that I don't recognize. I don't know. I feel like people are coming in with brand new accounts and doing dupe questions as like their only, their only last bastion of hope for these people that like to troll Q&A. This is their new way of doing it, I think. It's always a name that we don't recognize every time. Uh, makes me really suspicious. Zephyr007. If I just got back the game and expansions but not the MPS, will I have to shell out more money for Black Forge, Black Armory? Well, yeah, Black Armory is part of the annual pass. Black Armory is not, um, is not a, just a piece of free content. Now, annual pass is going to give you access to the extra stuff just playing the game and having forsaken you're going to get a power bump you're going to get you know the two you're going to get the two the dawning and then crimson days like you're going to get all those things those are uh those are things you just actually get right so actual new viewer asking a genuine question put it twice thought i purged my first you're good, Subject Omega. We just had people doing that a lot lately. I don't know if Nightbot's glitching or if people are trolling. It happened a lot yesterday, and I was like, man, this has not been happening that much lately. We might need to look at the cooldown on Nightbot. It might be Nightbot's fault and not yours. We just had people that used to troll the Q&A a lot, and whenever I get stuff like that, I'm always like, man, it literally tells you in chat, you know, Nightbot mentions you and says something. We might have to look at Nightbot's cooldown, because I think maybe questions are getting in even when he doesn't acknowledge you. Uh, that could be what's happening. So, could be Nightbot's fault. No worries. But, uh, yeah, you gotta buy the Black Armory. Well, not the Black Armory. You gotta buy the Annual Pass if you want access uh, to the Black Armory. Um, Rusty, now that the power level upgrade's included in Forsaken, it seems like the Annual Pass is more truly optional than any previous DLC. Do you think this is a good idea? I'm hyped about this since I'm still getting my alts to 600 and there's tons more games to play. I'll tell you why I think this is a good idea. This is actually a great question. Uh, this is actually a great question, uh, Rusty. Here's why I think this is a great idea. It's, it's a very, very good um, a piece of gradual engagement, okay? And let me explain what I mean by that. Gradual engagement is a strategy on websites to get to capture information from the user. So it's like, what are you looking for? And you go to their website and you're like, are you looking for hats, jackets, or gloves? And they've got three nice big icon pictures of hats, jackets, and gloves, right? That's what they sell. You click hats, and it takes you to another page. Here are all the hats that we sell here. Would you like more information about coupons and, you know, deals on our hats with our monthly subscription? We know we can send it to you or whatever. And you're like, yeah, sure. And you click that, and it opens up a thing, and you put your email in. That's called gradual engagement. And what it does is it slowly commits you to the process so you feel invested, and it's a better way of getting information from the user. Okay? So what ends up happening is you you 
don't just get bombarded with give us your email you feel more committed to the process and since you're more committed to the process you're more likely to give them that information now if you think about gradual engagement within the realm of destiny this is the parallel i'm going to make hey it's free you took a break from destiny come back now free powerful upgrades new things to chase new things to do new events right and you're like oh cool i come back and you're like wait a minute what's this black armory thing they're talking about oh golden age weapons a new raid new this new that 30 bucks and i get this and then i get that oh and i get that again and i get that again oh okay like you're pulling the player back in for free and you're getting them to kind of commit again to play again they're like yeah dude i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go after this stuff and you're like oh hey by the way uh for 30 bucks you're gonna get extra content every time we do these little bumps and these little level jumps for you where you get extra content on top of it for 30 you know 30 bucks or whatever and it's gonna cover you all the way to next summer you're it's 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 genius into a certain degree because it's an engaged it's an engaged player it's an interested player it's a committed player like they clearly like the game if they're coming back and 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 playing again because there's a level bump or whatever you know whatever it is that's bringing them back it could be the it could be the dawning it could be crimson days whatever so it's almost like market research filtering process and your game is doing that put a big banner in the side you know in the side in the, in the sky hey free soda and everybody's like oh cool let's go get some free soda they show up for the free soda while you're here we got burgers and fries too oh well i mean geez i'm not well, i'm just gonna sit here and drink a soda yeah i'll take a burger and fries. you see what i'm saying it's an it, like somebody said in chat it's an engagement funnel you get cast a wide net get everybody inside now everybody's inside here's my sales pitch right <laughs> multi-level marketing people do this all the time <laughs> why don't you come over for dinner fred i'll cook you a steak oh that sounds great well now that i have you here allow me to show you these wonderful cut cone knives that i'm using to uh prepare your steak <laughs> a timeshare presentation right 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 right, right. right. you get the point you get the point uh, uh, Mar- uh, Marcel Marcel Levine says how do you feel about the potential seeing this new plan and sorry if you did mention this talk I like the new plan I like the new plan I talked about this in my talk I think it's great I think I think this is potentially uh, the way forward for the franchise it's better better rhythmic deliverable of content and if they can pull this off and the community gets behind it then this is the this is the golden ticket, right? The golden ticket for any game company is to have three things, right? An engaged player base, set expectations, and met expectations. That's it. That's your recipe for success. If if any one of those pieces aren't in line, then that that's a recipe for disaster, failure, or 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 diminished diminished returns, right? Do you have an engaged player base yet? Yes, yes, we, we do. Did you set expectations? Well, I mean, we kind of hyped up the content, so yeah. Did you meet the expectations? No, not really. It, we, it was it was it was a lot of hype, a lot of flash, a lot of fire, and uh, not a lot of delivery. That's Destiny 2's launch in a nutshell. Do you have a player base? Heck yeah, we got a player base. Holy frick, everybody's really excited. Did you set expectations? Oh yeah, we set the expectations. Did you meet them? No, we didn't. Everybody was pretty ticked off about three weeks in. 
So this format, this format gets, I think it can, it can, I'm not saying it will, it can hit those three markers. Do you have a player base? Yeah, we do. You know, is it an engaged player base? Yeah, they're coming back for the free, you know, the free seasonal stuff, the, the bumps, the uh, the events, the free events like dawning and, 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 and thus so. Have you set expectations? Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's a vid doc we put out. It's really nice. A lot of stuff coming. A lot of stuff coming. Did you meet those expectations? That's That's up to the community at that point. If the community says yes to that question, then we're in like Flynn. Then we're in like Flynn. This is what they'll do from here on out. A $40 big drop, annual pass trickle. Big, big sequel drop, annual pass trickle. $40 DLC, you know, a big one, you know, and then the and then the, the annual pass trickle. And if people feel like this pattern makes sense, I know what's coming, I know what to expect, I engage at this level, I get satisfaction, I get my money's worth, you're off to the races. Like, th- listen, I truly think, I truly think we could end up with Destiny going for longer than originally planned if they can pull this off. Bungie can hand off the franchise to Activision, High Moon Studios, and Vicarious Visions, and this pattern can continue. I would not be surprised then if Bungie may fragment a little bit and a slice of Bungie gets sort of absorbed by Vicarious Visions and they continue the franchise once Bungie honors their commitment, their contract, and they move on to their other IP. And then Destiny just continues. Yearly big drop, boom, annual pass. Yearly big drop, boom, annual pass. You got two teams. High Moon Studios manages the annual pass. Vicarious Visions and whatever they absorb from Bungie would manage the big deliverables. And man, oh man, that's just a nice, nice, like yearly revenue stream if they can pull it off. Like games like World of Warcraft have proven if you can capture that if you can capture that ferocious and addicted audience, they'll keep paying and they'll keep playing. You just gotta put food on the plate, man. They're gonna keep coming back for more. They're gonna keep coming back for seconds and thirds. So that's that's where I think things are probably headed. Oh, I misfired on that one. Uh, Manton C. Just bought Forsaken, uh, and now I read new DLC comes out. Did I get baited? Uh, no, you didn't. That would be like buying an iPhone a month before the new iPhone comes out and saying, did I just get baited? No, you didn't. Forsaken came out in September, September the 4th. It is, we are a couple of days away from being in December. September to October, October to November, November to December. A fourth of the year, you know, a fourth of the year has almost passed since the launch of it. You didn't get baited. Either you just weren't paying attention or maybe you had to wait and get impressions from your friends. That's not on Bungie. Bungie, how dare you make good content that, uh, (laughs) you made good content that convinced me to buy it later on down the road. How dare you do that? Because now I'm out of sync with the content deliverable. That's not on Bungie. That's not really on anybody. That's just happenstance. It's just kind of happened. You know? Next question. Schnozberries. Have you heard any of the PS... Uh, of any PS exclusive content in the Black Armory? They have not said anything. I don't know. Apparently the PlayStation blog divulged information about the Forge. The forges, so maybe they did that so they could highlight some of their. Maybe they've maybe they've got some unique stuff. I don't actually know. Uh, it was related to near future offers with the new DLC included. 
again, that's like buying an iPhone right before the new one comes out and the price drops on the old one. That's value degradation. Like, if you get caught in a bad riptide of value degradation where you're like, hey, wait a minute, man, I just bought an iPhone and now they're $200 cheaper? I mean, that's just, that, what are you going to do? They have to keep selling the product up until the deal. You know what I'm saying? They can't all, They can't offer the deal right away. They can't. They, the, the deal has to come in a timely fashion. Deal comes in a timely fashion, and then you... And then, and then you're like, oh, I wait a minute, I, I, I just bought this for full price. Now you're bundling it. We're also assuming it's going to come bundled. We don't know if it's going to come bundled. I don't know if there has been any announcements about a bundle. Uh, the head loper. Hi, did Bungie say something about uh, fury weapons? Are you talking? I think he might be talking about the new classification, like the new black weapons. I don't know. They didn't. Uh, Jake. Dude, bro, would you be okay with another annual pass rather than a big DLC in September uh, if it meant that much more being put into Destiny 3? Man, oh man, uh, that's this is a good question, and I'm, I'm torn. I'm really torn. Now, if Bungie was transparent enough to say what you're saying, which I don't know if they would, that level of transparency doesn't always go over that well, right? It, it, it can sound like they're making an excuse, right? Thank you, uh, Eight Mask, for your six-month resub. Alerts are turned off. Let me turn them on so I can I don't miss those. Thank you so much for uh, six months of subs. That's a purple badge for half a year of support. Thank you. Um, they said light and fury weapons. Oh, they did touch on it. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, they did touch on it. I don't think they gave any details though. Um, if if Bungie, this is a big if, but if Bungie came out and said, listen. We wanted to really start to pivot and deviate and put a lot of our resources into the next game. Therefore, our plan, after the after the positive reception of the annual pass, we've opted to do another annual pass in lieu of a big DLC. But the front end of the annual pass is going to be a little bit more substantive because you're going back to the Dreadnought. We're going back to the Dreadnought, right? So your hypotheticals even still, oh wow, it's even still not necessarily going to happen. We know we're going back to the Dreadnought. That's basically confirmed by Luke Smith. The Light of the Traveler hits the locations in the order of the DLC coming out. That's why it hit Mercury, Mars, the Reef, then the Dreadnought, right? Mercury was Osiris, Mars was Warmind, Reef was Forsaken, and then the next one, the Dreadnought, which I'm predicting next year will be the Taken Queen. So we know we're going back to the Dreadnought. Now, if they came out and said, well, look, the front half of the annual pass is going to be more substantive because you are getting a new location. The new, you, know, you are getting the Dreadnought. I think people would be okay with it. Would I be okay with it? I mean, if they just flat out came out and told us this is going to enable us to put more work into... This is going to enable us to put more work into the, into the next game. I think people would honestly receive that well. I think sometimes just leveling with the community is one of the best things you can do about what do we talk about, right? Engage player base, setting and meeting expectations, right? If they basically level with the community and they're like, look, we're going to be real with you, okay? We were, we, were, we were faced with a choice. Continue to split bandwidth and, and, sort of, and sort of shortchange how beefy Destiny 3 is because we wanted to give you another sizable DLC like the Taken Queen. Or we we made Taken Queen more piecemeal in size so it could be attached to the annual pass to give you a better, you know, a better 
and more substantive delivery when Destiny 3 comes out, right? They're not robbing Peter to pay Paul at that point. I mean, it might feel like it, but I I don't know. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to do that. My personal opinion is that Vicarious Visions is going to build the next big DLC so Bungie can pivot more of their time to Destiny 3. I think I think I think Bungie and Vicarious Visions will work in tandem on the Taken Queen and after that Bungie will fully split off and build Destiny 3. Once Destiny 3's done, Bungie's done. Once Destiny 3 is done and delivered, they're handing the ball off to High Moon Studios and Vicarious Visions. They're going to move to their new IP. That is a point in time where uh, Activision will probably assume control over the IP by way of Vicarious Visions and High Moon Studios. And High Moon Studios and, 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 and Vicarious Visions may absorb pieces of Bungie to then support to then support the, the game. So, I, I don't think you're going to get that level of, of, of transparency, but if we get that level of transparency, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Because I would much rather the sequel, the, the next game, get really, really good treatment. And if the annual pass proves itself, then why not do it again? Double down. The absence of a big deliverable might hurt, though. The absence of a sizable forsaken size deliverable might hurt. So have to wait and see what they do. Uh, some Samarils says, do you think Bungie's developed enough goodwill to warrant the pre-purchase of three DLCs when their track record on the DLC is quite poor? Even if, uh, Armory is okay, it's still a gamble? I mean, I think this is a bit of a loaded question. This is a bit of a loaded question. You're kind of, you're, you're kind of assuming and asserting things about, you know, where people kind of feel. Did people get burned by the previous DLCs? Yes. Do people feel burned by Forsaken? Frick No. No. So, who who are we talking about here? If you bought Forsaken and you felt like it was good, that to me is confidence in Bungie's ability to meet meet what you like and what you want out of the game. Like in my opinion, the person that you're imagining that exists here is someone who didn't buy Vers- Forsaken, right? They were on the fence about Forsaken. They didn't buy Forsaken, and they were, you know, they were sitting on the fence, and they're still on the fence, apparently, and they're like, yeah, I don't really have enough goodwill to spend $30 on the annual pass, because I guess I would also then have to buy Forsaken. Your, your question just doesn't feel logical because it's basically assuming someone owns Forsaken, they're engaged and considering the annual pass because if you don't have Forsaken and you're not engaged, I don't think you're considering the annual pass, I don't think it's even on your freaking radar so this is someone who got Forsaken and is still skeptical and is like, I don't know if it's going to be worth it, you know, they spent $40 on Forsaken, I just can't imagine anybody getting Forsaken and feeling like, no, I don't trust Bungie. I'm not willing to shell out 30 for a year's worth of content. This schedule looks great. The content looks good. New raid, you know, new stuff to do. But I'm just, I'm not sold on it. I just don't think anybody who's engaged and bought and has played Forsaken would conclude that. Paid 30 for Forsaken, got Osiris Mormine for free. Neither of them impressed me at all. Now that they want more pre-order for 3 DLC... Uh, for a pre-order of 3 DLC than Forsaken. If you got Forsaken for $30, you got it at a discount, so it's a false equivalency. You can't compare it to the annual pass. Forsaken's retail price was $40. 
annual pass price is 35 it's basically 30 bucks and so that's roughly what 11 to 12 dollars per dlc so it's per deli- the each deliverable is 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 cheap like i just i don't know i just think it's a willful i just think it's a willful pessimism it's just willful pessimism if you didn't enjoy forsaken if you've not really been sold on destiny at this point then you're not the target audience of the annual pass like don't buy it right yeah you probably got destiny 1 or destiny 2 for free or whatever like you just can't you just can't compare at that point if you're if you're at that level of willful pessimism and cynicism and skepticism then i guess just don't buy it like i'm not i'm not a salesman i'm not trying to convince you to get the annual pass i i just don't think there are that many people engaged and have played forsaken that are like nah if, if if Forsaken didn't impress you, then I don't think you're a fan of Destiny. If Forsaken hasn't gotten you back into the grind, back into the back into the weekly engaged player base, if Forsaken didn't do that for you, then I don't think you're a fan of Destiny. And I don't mean that in a mean way, like you're not a true fan. I don't think you like the game. If 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 you're not playing weekly right now or regularly, and that's fine. That's totally fine. That's not me taking a shot. It's okay to be like, I'm I'm not really a fan of this game. Eh, not really a fan. Then don't. I, then you sure is you sure is frick. Better not buy the annual pass. <laughs> uh, Manta, do you think three man parties are the way to go? Yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I it, it, the game's been out for too long. Three man fire teams for strike, six for raids, and is is an established standard inside of this game. I don't think it's going away. I think it's totally fine. Um, I don't have much else to say in response to that. MPJR, why should I pay for something where only a third of the thing which I'm buying for is trailered? Um, then don't. Don't. Why would you pay for a month of World of Warcraft when they didn't show you and give you a trailer for everything you would do that entire month? Right? I, you know. I, I, I don't, I don't understand. You know, why pay for any subscription? And because you don't know about everything you're going to get up front. Uh, don't then, don't. I mean, I, what do you want them to do? <coughs> Excuse me. They're clearly showing you with the map and with the trailer. Excuse me. They're clearly showing you with the map and with the trailer what you're going to be getting. You know? It's it's a very clear schedule. It's a very clear deliverable. They they have to show you video footage of everything. Like I don't know. I feel I feel like the I feel like the schedule. I, I feel like the schedule was enough to show you like you're gonna be getting you know a regular injection of stuff, and this is what it's generally gonna look like. Here's your first here's your first delivery. It's uh it's called the Black Armory. So. Listen, I, I, I've said this before. I've said this before. This is Bungie boiling the frog by raising the temperature of the water slowly. The only way, the only way you can reasonably, reasonably have a game like this sustain delivery and a player base is and, and support and keep cranking out content is with a subscription fee. Console players will never accept a subscription fee, so they're slowly boiling the wa- the frog. 
If they just threw you into the hot water, you jump right out. All right, we're introducing a subscription fee. Well, frick that. Bye. I'm not playing your game anymore. Oh, but we have an annual pass. Smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors. We have an annual pass. And then there you go. And then people are basically paying a subscription fee. As Chevy's pointed out, it's like 10 bucks. You know, you're getting a month each time roughly out of the content. It's a basic form of a subscription fee. By the time you're paying, by the time you're done paying for Forsaken in the annual pass, that's 70 bucks for the year. That's basically a subscription fee to keep playing the game. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that if the content's worth it and you're enjoying yourself. You know? What other game can you shell out 70 bucks a year, 70 to 70 bucks a year and feel like you're always, you know, you kind of always have something to do? Press Carter with a brand new Prime sub. Welcome to the Rageless. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes. You're dope and deserve dope stuff. At the end of the day, if you don't like it, don't play it. If you don't want it, don't buy it. Simple as that. 14 months from offhand pillow 80. Thank you for 14 months. Thank you for keeping your prime sum here. Jay Freeman says, since these pinnacle weapon quests are live, Gambit and especially the Crucible are tough to play. Players are trying to complete the quest. What do you think about incorporating wins into these quests? Help players who would rather win than throw games for others. Um... I, I don't, this question feels like a non sequitur. I, I don't understand. It doesn't seem to follow. I don't think people are, th- what do you think about incorporating wins in these to help players who would rather win than throw games for others? I don't understand. I, I aren't there wins included and required? I'm confused. Um, no information about Trials and Faction Rally. It's been indicated by Bungie on Reddit from representatives of Bungie that neither Faction Rally nor Trials will be returning this season. Season of the Forge. So. Oh, using autos and throwing? I don't I don't know. I, I Why are people throwing? Cause you, oh, because you just have to complete the match. Oh. Yeah, I... I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know what to tell you. Don't solo queue, I guess. Call me Rhino. Have you seen the spoiler trailer? Uh, If so, what do you think? I've not seen the actual trailer. I've heard about what it shows. I think it's cool, and it's in line with things that I said about what I hope they would do with certain people. So let the hearer understand. Like, if you've paid close enough attention to what I think and what I'd like to see from certain characters and certain things, I'm actually kind of glad that it's potentially happening. Okay. Uh, Thane Specta. I'm drowning in gear. Would like to dismantle a bunch of stuff, but I am still new and don't know what I should make sure I keep. Any tips on vaulting gear? Uh, first things first, you could do something really easily is look at your armor and if you have gauntlets that basically do the same thing keep the ones that you think look the coolest so if you look at your gauntlets and you have two pairs that have hand cannon reloader and special ammo finder and you're like oh these basically do the same thing delete the one that you think's ugly uh delete the one that you think's ugly after that, uh, really the only thing you can do is get rid of dupes. Do you have you know, do you have two of the same of anything? Two of the same of the guns. And after that, maybe hang out here and be like, hey, 
I really like thus and so gun. I've got a couple of them. Here are the roles that I have. And we could kind of guide you on telling you why, like, you know, hip fire on a sniper rifle is stupid. Stuff like that. Um, we can kind of tell you why Rampage and Outlaw or, you know, Kill Clip and, and Outlaw or Kill Clip Rampage paired with Feeding Frenzy is such a nice combination. We could kind of explain that to you. Uh, and, you know, what roles you might want on a shotgun. Stuff like that. I'm not going to be able to do that right now in a question and answer session, but that's that's a good place for you to start. Uh, Jalen for Prez, speaking of factions, did they just give up on the original three factions? It's like, well, you've never heard of these guys, right? Because you just made them up. Feels like they could have kept the original three factions and done something similar with the Ancient Forge weapons. I would not be surprised, okay, if you listen carefully, if you listen carefully to the way they said it, they 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 said something that gave me the impression that these factions might be the origins of the three factions that we know as Dead Orbit, New Monarchy, and Future War Cult. Right? And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit here, and I'm gonna go in here uh, to the armor. Didn't we? Fu- no, it was the shaders. It was the shaders. Hang on a second. And and we might we might be able to deduce something here. We might be able to deduce something here. Okay. There were the uh, the three shaders of the factions. We found them uh, the other day. So let us look here and see if we can't figure something out. I think it was open world. Right here, okay? You have the Rasmussen clan, the Sato tribe, and the House of Mayron. Okay, if you want to do research on that lore wise and think, does any of that tie them to the present day factions? Go wild, go wild. You can go into the collections where I just did. Look at those shaders. Look that up in the lore. Ask Bife uh, and see if there's any sort of or Mylan games, you know, ask them. Is there anything that ties these old factions to the present day ones since this is golden age stuff? That might be something cool, and maybe that's a way for them to bring back a semblance of Faction Rally, given that these factions are a part of the content. Uh, and they have their own aesthetic that they highlighted. They, they were good to say, like, you can kind of catch the aesthetics, you can kind of see them, uh, you know, when you look at the stuff. And that, to me, felt like a, a clue, or like a hint. Uh... Sludgy Pudgy, do you think the forges in some sense could be related to the Archon Forge? And if so, could this perhaps be the reintroduction of SIVA into the game? No, I do not think so. I think the forge is a reference to, you know, you're forging the weapon. Uh, We're past the halfway point on activity completions. Um, I believe it's a reference to forging the weapon, similarly to how we did it in Curse of Osiris, and I'm just hoping that the use of random rolls will make it uh, significantly cooler and better than just, you got the weapon, you're done, yay, bye. Um, That's my kind of hope for the Forge content, since it's loopable and grindable, uh, and there's a couple different ones. They've actually staggering the releases uh, of those. I don't know if I saved the image. Did I save that image? I don't think I did. Um... There's another image of how they're staggering the releases. I retweeted it yesterday. Um, and so you could check that out and see what the uh, what the schedule is. The forges don't all come out at once. They've staggered them. They're, with, they're, they're close within each other, and the raid is, like, super fast like that weekend or some freaking I can't stand when they do that, like... 
you got three days, get ready. Like, I hate that. I do not like when they do that with the raids. Um, so, uh, Hmong, let me highlight the question and see where we are. Yeah, there's no way we're finishing these. Um, I guess we could go for two hours. I don't know how long we've been doing question and answer. I don't know when I, uh, I set that marker. Hmong, as someone who played four to six hours a day, giving up totally on, uh, prior to the exotic drop buff, are there is new content grind worth to return? I feel so burnt out that stopping was the only option. I I can't speak for you. I just I love sitting down playing, doing stuff, going for stuff, going for roles, getting my milestones. I don't know. I I've I have that endurance with the game. I just have that endurance level with the game and I I I don't if if you're not there, then you have to answer that question. I look at that vid doc and I get excited. I'm like, that's so much stuff. There's so many different things to focus on and chase and do and grind. And like I'm doing right now, you know, going for the fusion rifle. Fusion rifle doesn't even look that good, man. Well, I've used it. It's not that good. I don't care. I'm going to go for it. You know, if that's not you, like I can't, I'm not, I can't convince you to play. Like everybody's wired differently. If you're better to take spurts and and breaks and only come back when maybe there's an event like the dawning and then you kind of hit the ground running with lots of stuff to do, the season stuff to do, uh, and then you can do all the stuff in the Black Armory and then you can do, you know, the the annual pass stuff and then you can do the event stuff as well. Again, that's up to you as the player. Sasquatch, do you think Bungie acted and spoil their own content secrets with the reveal too much? Whisper was great because of the unknown... Uh, even if detained, we know about the last word, how, uh, how to get it and the exact date it will be available. Yeah, you got to understand something. Mystery doesn't sell content. Information does, you know, like listen to what, you, listen to what just today as a community, as a community, you guys are a microcosm of the community. You can represent the community today. There's 1200 of you here, right? There's a bunch of you here. You're submitting questions. Thank you, by the way, for being here, watching the stream and submitting questions and be sure to click follow if you've enjoyed the show. Uh, and if you're enjoying yourself, we do this thing on a daily basis, the question answer, the back and forth, but you're a microcosm of the community and look at the representation we've gotten just today. Oh, there's not enough information. I'm not buying. And then there's people that are like, you're spoiling the content. There's too much information. Do you see? You see how like Bungie can't win? <laughs> like mystery mystery doesn't sell doesn't sell content. It might for you. It might for you. But by and large, the consumer and the and the player and the gamer that is looking to buy your content or not and they're weighing it, they're not going to say, "Ooh, they dangled mystery. I better get out my credit card." No, they're going to say, "What the frick am I getting?" Right? Oh, the last word? Pfft, ah, yeah, I'll buy that, you know. And we might not like that, but at the end of the day, it, it's a business. You know? Have steps been leaked? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't realize that people knew what you had to do to get it. Bungie didn't do that, as far as I know. As far as I know. Bungie didn't reveal that. They, there wasn't anything in the video. I didn't see any posts from them on Twitter that said, Hey, yeah, you're getting the last word, and here's how you get it. They hinted at it in the video. Um... So, uh, Death Starfish says, Morning, Lono. Just want to say quickly, thank you so much, uh, 
for me and this community. Awesome talks about Destiny and your mental health talk was beautiful. It hit home with me and my life, so thank you. Now just speculation question. What do you think the Horde mode and the new Gambit mode will entail? New Gambit mode, it looked and even sounded to be right in line with what I predicted. They said it'll be a pinnacle activity. I said that they're probably just going to like up the difficulty. It's going to be harder. It'll be like a nightfall version of Gambit. Boss going to be nuts hard. Rewards will be better. Maybe they'll introduce ranking. You know, as far as uh, the horde mode, I, I mean, what do you, how am I supposed to spectate, uh, speculate about a horde mode? You know, <laughs> it'll be a horde mode. There'll be enemies that come and come and come and you kill them. Like, that's pretty much it. It reminded me from what I saw in the trailers, though, with like the big spires and stuff, uh, like in the ground. It really reminded me of Escalation Protocol. And it could potentially be setting that standard for activities like this to slowly show up in more content and more planets. Uh, as we said before, put put Escalation Protocol on every planet. And as we said before, and they're giving it to us, give us matchmaking. Thank you, Bungie, for listening and giving us matchmaking. We appreciate it. It would have been nice if it showed up for Escalation Protocol, The Blind Well, Archon's Forge, Court of Oryx, <laughs> or any of the other litany of pieces of content where we asked for it. But we are glad that they finally found a way... It could have been instance building that made it tough. I don't know, but I am glad that they finally found a way to give us that as a solution and a service uh, to the community. I'm happy to see it. Next question. Be flawless. If and when they bring trials back, do you think it would be nice if it counted toward Valor rank and maybe going flawless granted a nice chunk of Valor? Uh, no, it's competitive, so it would not do anything for Valor. It would be for Glory. And I don't know why they didn't just back bring back 3v3 a limb. I think... Maybe they still are not satisfied with the nature of the Crucible because we are still living in the nature and the shadow of double primary. A lot of the frustrations of power ammo presence and a lot of the frustrations about how people play comes down to map design, maps that were designed for double primary. The shadow of double primary looms large, and if Bungie's still not sort of satisfied with where the Crucible is, I think the last thing they want to do is bring back a coveted and loved game mode, Trials, and have it be sort of sullied by the current status of everything. If in their opinion things just aren't where they want them, then I I think that they're going to continue to hold off. And Bungie's never going to come out and be like, we're not satisfied with the state of Crucible, because that just creates negativity, and then it creates a negative narrative. But the lack of of trials coming back, to me, feels like they're they're definitely looking at... um, I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't have heavy. I couldn't kill myself. I tried with the grenade. It didn't work. I tried... Rip the dream, boys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're gonna have to run the, run the actual strike the right way. One <laughs> uh, of the last five to ten normal strikes in the daily bounties, arc fusion rifles. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. That's a good idea. I ran out of power ammo. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, trials is probably gonna be on the shelf until until crucible until crucible gets better. Uh, jump in the fire. Yeah, it's too late. Stream delay. No big no big deal. Uh, TJ Bolin, what are scout rifles going to be viable again? I have no idea. This relates to something I was just talking about. We're living in the in under the shadow of double primary. Um, 
they built the content in such a way where we're so strong now with a good hand cannon and a, and a shotgun it's just really hard to ever justify using a scout rifle scout rifles showed up in content like the you know taking king raid and certain strikes and things because you can kind of sit back there just doesn't ever really feel like a need to do that now shattered throne is a great place for a scout rifle but scout rifles just don't feel uh, they don't feel viable and they also uh, they don't feel necessary they just do not feel necessary so I think that's going to be a continued challenge given that they'd have to kind of revamp the content they kind of have to revamp certain things uh, to get us to that place um, where people wouldn't just use scouts you know because like oh it's shattered throne but that would become part of their loadout Draco Foxy with a brand new prime sub welcome thank you for that uh, thank you for using your Prime sub here as well. Make sure you guys use those Prime subs every month on somebody. It doesn't have to be me. There's plenty of affiliates and partners in the Destiny directory. Be sure you're clicking that Prime button every month on somebody. Uh, so yeah, I, I I don't know if Scouts are ever really going to show up. I don't know. It, it just they're, The only way Scouts are going to show up is with the Pinnacle Scout with a unique perk that really makes it crazy. Because... Uh, if you, because honestly, there's some really great bows, and if you like bows, and there, you know there's some bows coming out, you know there's that exotic one. You might just pivot to a bow if you want that that lengthy sort of drawn back engagement style. Bows kind of fit the bill too. So, Hobbit Spartan, the next update in content seems to be rather large from what they were marketing right after Forsaken. For example, the raid layer is now labeled as an actual raid, seeing that there's more than one encounter. Do you think that this was evolved upon after Forsaken because of the less than desirable sales rate of Forsaken in order to make the annual?